Dalton Schultz, Devin Singletary, and Michael Dater are now Texans. Find out how that will affect the Texans draft and what makes these deals so important. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day make sure you <clears throat> be sure you are subscribed to the locked on texas podcast on youtube and all of the major podcasting platforms um i'm john hickman of course i'm joined by sports illustrators and texas credential media member cody davis later in today's show we will be joined by brandon k scott one of our friends of the show he's going to be discussing his thoughts and takeaways from the Texans offseason so far. But, Cody, we have to kick off today's show discussing the signings of Dalton Schultz, who signed a one-year deal worth up to $9 million. Devin Singletary, who also signed a one-year deal worth up to uh, $3.75 million. And center, free agent center from Miami Dolphins, Michael Dater. The details of that contract Hasn't been announced in terms of money, but as you guys may have guessed it, he also signed a one-year deal late Monday evening <laughs> with issues. the <laughs> <laughs> late late Monday evening with the Houston Texans. And when I look at these three deals, I'm excited about each and every one of them. I think that these three deals, along with partnering the trade for Shaq Mason. Uh, the the combination of signing Hassan Rizway and Sheldon Rankins, Jimmy Ward, guys, this is not a team that's looking to finish bottom five of the league. Hmm. They don't want to draft in the top five of next year's NFL draft. This is a team when you hear what D'Amico Ryan said, we've been playing it ever since the press conference. Cody, how does this show start off? They want to build a team. And they want to build a team that can bring wins here to the city of Houston. This is what I am now expecting out of the Houston Texans. And when I look at this Texans tight end depth chart before Dalton Schultz, you guys heard me a lot on this show uh, praise Tegan Quatoriano. But Tegan Quatoriano only had seven catches last year, mm. 113 yards, two TDs. Brevin Jordan, 14 catches, 128, no touchdowns. Uh, Mason Shrek two catches, six yards. So between the three tight ends that was on the roster, that's only 23 catches. <laughs> that's nothing that you want to see moving into uh, your first year under D'Amico Ryans. When they lost Jordan Aikens, Cody and I had a whole plan to discuss the tight ends coming up in this year's draft. And then, boom, Dalton Schultz is now signing a deal that, by the way, um, I think this is a win-win for both parties. This is an opportunity for Dalton Schultz to prove that, you know, the three-year, $36 million deal that he had with Dallas, which was an average of $9 million, nearly, no, it was uh, $12 million a year, not the market where tight ends are right now. He bet on himself. Now he returns to Houston, by the way, and we look at Houston as a team next year, they have nearly $100 million in cap space. So mm -hmm. when I look at Dalton Schultz and that sign, when I look at Shaq Mason, when I look at some of these guys – like a Sheldon Rankins, who are getting these one-year deals, 
I now look towards 2024 to say, if you guys play it out right, you come in here and ball, then Houston will prioritize you keeping you around on this roster, kind of like how they've done so far with the Larry Tunsil getting that extension done. So I can see throughout the season Houston working on some of these contract extensions, depending on how they're producing, to give you guys a little bit of background of Dalton Schultz so far, the past two seasons were great for Schultz, excuse me, uh, caught 78 passes for 808 yards and eight TDs in 2021. And then last year called 57 catches for 577 yards and five touchdowns. This is an immediate upgrade at the tight end position. This is also an immediate upgrade at the running back position with Devin Singletary, who, is a baller, right? I think he rushed for nearly 800 yards last year, five TDs, averages nearly 4.7 yards per carry on the ground. He's one of those guys that will mesh well with Damian Pierce, not necessarily a change of pace back like some of us may would have, you know, wanted for this team. However, he can step right in and do exactly what Damian Pierce is predicted that we presume Damian Pierce would do for this offense. And, um, this is just two great, three great investments by Nick Casario, the front office, and D'Amico Ryans. I don't think these deals get done without signing D'Amico Ryans as your head coach, Cody. Yeah, and my favorite signing, you already touched on it, was Devin Singletary. He did rush for 819 yards on 177 carries, five touchdowns. And, John, like you said, this is a guy who's going to come in and improve the backfield. And this is what I wanted to see the Houston Texans do in terms of upgrading their backfield. I know a lot of, a lot of people wanted the Texans to go out there and draft a running back. I did not want to see a rookie running back be, the, be number two behind Damian Pierce, a one in a veteran not just for veteran presence, but I wanted a veteran like Devin Singletary who can be plugged and play, and that's exactly what he is. And by the way, this also means finally the end of Rex Burkhead. We got to celebrate that, ladies and gentlemen. It's been two long years. We're looking at Rex Burkhead be arguably, if not the worst back in the league, with the exception of that game he had in 2021 against the Los Angeles Chargers, by the way. But I'm just so happy. We don't have to see Russ Burkhead no more, especially being number two. Um, I love the signing of Devin. And, John, to me, not only does this prove that the Texans are looking to be a competitive team in 2023, but it also showcased the trajectory of how this franchise is looked upon, especially with the hiring of D'Amico Ryans. And not only that, it also changed the whole entire trajectory of how he was looking at this offseason later on in the show you guys are going to hear brandon k scott from sports radio 610 uh, in the third segment i'm going to ask him his thoughts on the free agency as of right now the interesting part about that me and b scott recorded that 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 his segment we recorded his spot on locked on texans literally an hour before all of these deals started rolling in so when you hear b scott talking about you know he, he was agreeing with me where it seemed like Nick Asirio and D'Amico Ryans was favoring depth more so than talent. When you take a look at these three guys that they brought in, especially when you take a look at Dalton and Devin, it seemed like to me that Nick Asirio and D'Amico Ryans was finally able to get not only depth at those positions, but also talent as well. I love all of these signings, John. Um, but once again, man, it just proves that the Houston Texans are not going to be at the bottom of the barrel at the end of the 2023 campaign. Will they be a playoff team? I don't know. 
But at the end of the day, the subpar talent that we have watched from this organization over the last three seasons is not going to repeat here. Plus, by the way, you can also get excited about this. We are still about a month out from the NFL draft, which means Nick Asirio and D'Amico Rise are going to be able to add more talent exactly. to this roster. So, you know, yesterday was just an exciting day just to finally see the Texans just get some, some names where, you know, you look on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage and the Texans were playing against them, you're like, God, dog it. We got to go up against that. And by the way, I think it's funny that, you know, we 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 got Cowboys tied in, and all of a sudden the Cowboys got you know a former wide receiver from the Texans. You know, I just kind of love that. Yeah, man. And so I can't wait to actually go watch some Michael Dater tape. I, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I haven't watched much of Michael Dater. I do see that in 2021, he only allowed one sack. He had a, a PFF grade of 60. But those numbers can be very misleading. So I want to go watch this guy play some football. I, I think that when you look at Nick Casario, he was on 16 Radio on Monday. He said something very interesting to me. said his mindset on one-year deals is how big of a commitment, who is that player you're committing, you're making the commitment to, and how much of a commitment level do you want to make, and does it make sense for your team to continue with, What's the true value of the player relative to the role they're trying to have on your team? Hmm. The March Madness tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three points drained. Plus, FanDuel even allows you to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you bet and go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Uh, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And you guys should know by now, there is never a week where there's going to be big Houston Texans news. And we're not going to find a way to get our brother, Mr. Brandy K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandy, what's going on, man? Man, it is an honor to hear you say that, man. I appreciate <laughs> that. To know that whenever something big goes down in the Texans world, that y'all feel like my voice and opinion is... Uh, is necessary and worthwhile. So I appreciate that, man. Just glad to be on with you, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's jump right into it. Brandon Cooks traded to the Dallas Cowboys. And then literally like five minutes later, Laramie Tunsil was given his three-year extension. I'm going to call it a max extension because, oh, my God, was it 50 to 60 million fully guaranteed? That yeah. is nasty. So happy that Laramie Tunsil got his money. But B. Scott, I'm going to start off with Laramie Tunsil. What are your thoughts about the extension that he was able to get from the Houston Texans? Yeah, I thought the extension was sensible and reasonable, all things considered. I mean, Laramie Tunsil has been an excellent player for, for the Texans basically since he got here. Mm -hmm. Last year, notwithstanding, I say last year, I mean 2021. So I guess two <laughs> seasons ago now, notwithstanding, when he only played the five games and had the injury. But Laramie Tunsil has been a really good player, and I think we could see this happening. Like, this this, this was on the table, it feels like, the entire time. Mm. But we could 
really see this happening. It felt like once, or at least from reading the tea leaves, once they, uh, once the Chiefs traded for, or I should say, once the Chiefs signed Jawan Taylor, who had mm-hmm. been with, uh, who had been with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it looks like they're going to make him their left tackle. Um, decided not to bring back Orlando Brown, but the whole thing there seemed like, you know, they they were interested in trading for Laramie Tunsil, and once that was taken out of the equation, it seemed to open the door for the Texans to negotiate a long-term deal. And it always made sense for them to do this, Cody. It always made sense for the Texans to sign Laramie Tunsil to a long-term deal, considering that they have a plan to, and we we believe this, that they have a plan to draft a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that that's next. That's that's what they're gonna do. And if you're gonna do that, it would help to already have an established left tackle as opposed to trying to bring somebody in to prove it or to use Titus Howard in that role, which I'm not opposed to. But that means now you have a hole at right tackle. It makes a lot more sense that the proven guys at positions that you can count on them to play for a long time like Laramie Tunsil, like Titus Howard, like if they ever plan to be good again, Cody, it would make sense for them to have tackles that they believe in. Mm-hmm. If, if they're ever going to fix the offensive line, Cody, it would make sense for the tackle position to not be in flux. They already got issues along the interior, trying to work things out with King and Green after his rookie year up and down. They just traded for Shaq Mason. I know we'll get into free agency in a little bit, but the center position is still a question mark. Why not lock up and solidify the positions that you know work for you already? Thank you. Which are your tackle spots. And so it, it opens up now a new question about Titus Howard, which we'll we'll get to at some point. But mm-hmm. I, I thought that this part was a, a good initial step, first step in solidifying your offensive line, fixing your offensive line, honestly, because it still got holes. But this is where it didn't have one. So it made it made sense to do this. Oh, and not to mention, not to mention Cody as well, I'll add, and this has been pointed out in other places as well, but doing this also creates some cap space, some some financial flexibility for the Texans. Like it it um they, they Laramie Tunsil's current deal or or the, the deal that he was on would have cost them 35, around 35 million dollars against the cap this season. Mm-hmm. Now with the new deal, that number is going to come down to nine million. So, so, so that's significant. They save, you know, roughly, you know, $26 million on the cap. Um, and, and obviously the Brandon Cooks trade, which we'll talk about as well. I'll mention they cleared a lot of cap space with that, even though they're going to pay some of that salary, uh, they cleared a lot of cap space there as well. So, um, so some, some decent bookkeeping happens here as well on top of the fact that Laramie Tunsil is probably your best player right now. And B. Scott, before we move on to Brandon Cooks, do you get a sense that the Texans are are now focusing in on drafting Bryce Young with that number two overall pick? And I only say that because you remember when we had the Wakanda Forever edition, uh, we talked about the idea of, you know, what quarterback you would feel comfortable playing behind that offensive line, especially given the fact that we really didn't know the future of Laramie Tunsil. Now, since then, the Carolina Panthers have moved up to number one. It seemed like they are targeting CJ, which means Bryce is going to be probably here in the city of Houston. And our reasoning back then was, you know, if Tunsil isn't there, I don't know if I want to go with Bryce only because due to his stature, we don't want to see him get hit that many times. 
Yeah, but Cody, I will point out, and I don't know if I pointed this out at the time, but I, I think it's important either way. Like mm -hmm. the the concern with Bryce is obviously the size, and you know I, I think there's a lot made of it. I, I think there's there's more to the question of Bryce's size than just the size. Like it, mm -hmm. you know, to me, small size does not equal lack of durability. It does not equal lack of toughness. It does not equal lack of strength. It just means that he's smaller. So and uh, so I do think that there's not enough made of that. But in terms of like how you built the offensive line and how you how you want to construct your team around your quarterback. And let's just isolate it to these two options that we're talking about. It's either more than likely going to be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Right. Mm -hmm. OK, well, if you got those questions about Bryce Young's size, then there you go. Obviously, you want to lock down the tackles like you mentioned. C.J. Stroud's biggest questions are how he handles things. You know, sometimes his feet aren't aren't the best in his mechanics and how he handles pressure like the, and let's be i mean let's state the obvious here all quarterbacks no quarterback likes pressure all quarterbacks are worse under pressure that is why you pressure them you know that's the whole that's the whole point of it right but cj stroud if, if there's a question mark or one of the question marks on his game is how he handles spread doesn't look the same under pressure and so do you want to bring in a rookie quarterback who you're probably going to play really early? And, and, and we're saying this, Larry Tunsil was going to be on the team one way or the other, unless they traded him. Yeah. But because he's under, he, he had one more year left on this deal anyway. So they were concerned about that his rookie year, they could have just kept Larry Tunsil and still did something else different later on. But the thing is either quarterback rookie. Okay. I think is the main point is going to need, good established and experienced offensive linemen um or the at least the best offensive offensive linemen that you can possibly give them okay and laramie tunsil and titus howard as your tackles are would be that and then of course they're figuring things out on in the interior right now mm. now of course we gotta talk about it brandon cooks a guy that i consider a homie as many times I talked to him in the locker room, is no longer here with the Houston Texans. Moved on, unfortunately, to the Dallas Cowboys. Not happy about that personally. But, B. Scott, what are your thoughts about the departure of Brandon Cooks? Because at the end of the day, we all knew that this was coming. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a really weird thing because Cooks was – you know, a leader on this team. He was, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, their best offensive weapon for a few years. I said it was actually a problem. I thought I thought it wasn't actually a good thing that he was their best receiver for three years. I, I thought that was a that. I, I thought that was a failure on their part um, in terms of either scouting or just trying to find more weapons. Like, it, it, and he shouldn't have been the best by far and away. Like, I guess he wasn't the best by far and away that first year when Will Fuller was here. Like they were kind of a one A one B sort of dynamic, hmm. but I mean, since then, it's it's been Brandon Cooks and like what else, you know, like Brandon mm -hmm. Cooks and Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks and Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore. With respect to those guys, you know, but I, I I've thought it's been an issue that he's been their best offensive player for the last few years or their best wide receiver for the last few years, um, just in and of itself. The thing about him being the leader it's just confusing right how mm -hmm. he signs this deal it's 36 million dollars guaranteed i believe last off season and it's another one of those cases where you know the guy signs a deal and before before it could even get 
before he even get cold, he 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 wants out, you know. And, and we're, gonna start, we're gonna start calling this the Deshaun Watson move. <laughs> it's weird, man. Like he, I mean, and I, I get not wanting to play for the team. Like I get not wanting to be on a loser every year, not wanting mm-hmm. to waste the years of your career. I understand all of that, but it, it just it, it felt very much like a bait and switch type of deal where he says all the right things on the front end and plays nice and gets the contract and then things go about as expected and then all of a sudden you know and i know a lot of people have tried to tie it to the jack he used to be departure and all of that and and that would even be uh, that would even be more strange for for that to factor in so much never mind whatever your personal relationship is that's fine but that that would factor in so much to where now you want off the team and and, and all of a sudden you're questioning what you know what what basically it seems like you've been endorsing publicly and what you signed up to be a part of you know to mm-hmm. be one of the one of one of the faces of quite honestly so it was a weird thing but as far as the trade goes i think and i think this is the much bigger story cody this is one of nick casario's most transparent failures yet mm. i i think this is one of his most transparent failures yet from the standpoint of not trading Brandon Cooks by the trade deadline, and all the reports indicate that he could have gotten more than a fifth and a sixth round, and that's what he got for Brandon Cooks in this trade. A fifth-round pick this year and a sixth-round pick in 2024. All the reports indicate that he could have gotten more than that, possibly a third from the Cowboys, from the very same team that he ended up trading him to. And even if that's not the case, Cody, what you can't sell me on and what i don't think you can sell anybody on is that his trade value somehow increased in the time from the trade deadline to now or to sunday when brandon cooks was traded nothing happened to better the situation with brandon cooks and there in no way did the texans benefit from keeping brandon cooks beyond the trade deadline and that's the issue with it you could have more than likely gotten a better return for Brandon Cooks when the Cowboys would have been much more desperate to give up a third round pick, a fourth round pick, something better than a fifth and a sixth. You probably could have gotten. And he's not on your team at the end of the year when it's in your best interest to lose. And he's just good enough of a player to help you win the last game of the season. Like Brandon Cooks should have never been around. That, I mean, that's just the facts about it, Cody. Like, if you if you look at it from the trade standpoint of what they ended up getting for him on Sunday, they should have traded him at the trade deadline. When you look at it from the standpoint of they shouldn't have had a player as good as him on the field <laughs> at the end of the season, he should have been going by the trade deadline. Like, from every angle and standpoint that you look at it, there was no reason for him to still be on the team and to still be playing after the trade deadline. And Sunday just put that into full focus, man. To me, it's it's one of his most transparent failures yet. Just the handling of the situation from signing the deal to begin with, which I don't think anybody griped with at the time, but probably wasn't necessary. But from the, the signing of the deal to it, it blowing up in your face in such a short amount of time and then not handling it properly in real time, like to me, it's it's just one of his most transparent failures. It might not be something that like ultimately holds them back or cripples them in any way, but if you just isolate how a thing was handled and how a thing went down, this ain't it. 
this was not it, man. This episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Covered in 100% chocolate, only 130 calories. This is the best healthy treat on the market for you. So check it out at BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Or if you just so happen to be on the road, stop by your local Walmart or Sam's Club to check it out today. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans and B. Scott. As we sit here on March 21st, we are about what? Four days into free agency, but literally it's like a full week because there's that stupid legal tampering period that I don't understand in no sports because if it's supposed to be a legal tampering period why on the as soon as the the clock strike 3 p.m or 12 midnight or whatever the league in ta- legal in tampering period you all of a sudden got players and teams agreeing to deal so i'm just like what is going on just call it free agency so we won't have this confusion going on but houston texans man they haven't went out and got some of the big name free agents but John and myself, we think that the Texans did a pretty decent job at building depth at a lot of these positions. B. Scott, what are your thoughts about the Houston Texans free agency as of right now? Well, well, first off, let me comment on the legal tampering point <laughs> because I think that's an interesting one. But think yeah. about it. Think about it. That's supposed to be the start. So why is it as soon as it becomes the legal tampering people, Wolge, Adam Scheffner, the guy Jeff that do baseball on ESPN, all three of those guys has agreed to, has agreed to. How is that possible if you wasn't supposed to talk to nobody before this started? Well, well, for one thing, everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows. You talk to any agent, everybody knows that they tamper. They tamper all the time. They find a way to tamper. And nobody really normally gets caught up with it or caught up for it. Mm-hmm. But the reason why they do it like that, I feel like is for the same reason why, like on a podcast, for example, you and I both do podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why you'll have one big episode, right? But you'll also break it out and have a couple of other episodes that are actually within that episode that post on your channel. Mm-hmm. So like we might break out just one topic and that be something that you break out as a, as its own episode. They're trying to, and the reason why we do that, right, is because you're trying to make the most out of what is really one thing, but spread it out. And so it it sounds like a lot more, Cody, if you have legal tampering and then free agency as opposed to just free agency. That makes it sound like it's more than one thing going on. When really it's all just one big old thing, and of course yeah. we know that they're tampering ahead of time. But <laughs> but as far as the deals though, the signings that the Texans have made, I think I was just talking to to Ron the show Hugley about this on the phone this morning before we started recording this. Like neither of us from from that from that conversation between the two of us, neither of us felt like they went and got like you know made this major move you know the mm-hmm. biggest move that they made obviously was this ex- extension for laramie tunsil that that's yeah. going to be the big you know move that they make aside from anything that they do in the draft mm-hmm. so so they're not going to make a free agent move bigger than that and i feel like the hope or expectation was that they would make at least one move that was close to that 
that was something like that, that looked a little bit like that, as opposed to what they've done, which is hitting a lot of singles and doubles, um, which is something I, I think that's an actual term that, uh, that Nick Casario oh, has used is. a time. That's or two. one of his favorite terms. <laughs> but, but that's what they did. I personally don't have a problem with it, Cody. I like the moves that they've made. I think that they've gotten. I wouldn't say substantially better, but mm-hmm. in almost just about every move of note. Not talking about like the Mike Boons and the you know what I mean, like stuff like that. But you think about you think about Sheldon Rankins on the defensive line, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, you think about Hassan Ridgeway on the defensive line. Okay, those are better pieces to rotate on your interior defensive line than, say, a rookie undrafted Kurt Heinish and and Roy Lopez in his second year out there way thinner than he was for some reason in his uh, in his rookie year. You know, like I, to me, you immediately upgraded a position very specifically in which you were weak. Okay, I don't think they hit a home run there. But I think that that those signings I think are good enough to cause significant, mm-hmm. like upgrades. Uh, Jimmy Ward to me is my favorite signing because I think that he brings an attitude and a specific kind of energy and mentality to the team that I'm not going to say that it was lacking, but it definitely needed more of. So he brings that. Um, I think he still got some left in the tank. This will be, I believe, his tenth season. But I still think he's got something left in the tank. I think he's a better player, probably more than likely than anybody that they were playing at the safety position opposite of Jalen Petrie, more than likely. So so to me, I, I like most of what they've done defensively. Now, the Robert Woods signing, I thought that was decent. You know, like it's not like they're going to pay Robert Woods, uh, uh, you know, a ton of money. It's just a it's a decent uh, value veteran signing. No one is expecting him like in order to properly contextualize Robert Woods, you have to just keep in mind that this is going to be more than likely your third best wide receiver, mm-hmm. you know, and you're paying for the veteran leadership, you're paying for the experience and you're paying for somebody who I think is going to be productive, but is also very specifically experienced in this system from his days uh, with the Rams. So in this specific scheme. So I like what they've done. I think again, it's the, it's the singles and doubles analogy. And you were hoping that if if not a home run, you would get something closer to a triple or maybe something that's a double that looks like a home run, like something that hits mm-hmm. off the wall and it's a double. But, you know, you thought maybe it could look like a home run a little bit. They didn't really do any of that. Like, for example, Cody, I'm thinking about Tremaine Edmonds with somebody on my wish list. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't I didn't want now the Bears paid him. I want to say like 70 million dollars, like 50 million dollars guaranteed, something like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pay him that. Okay. So I'm glad they didn't do that specifically. So, and I don't, so I don't want to be a hypocrite here, but I did expect them to make a move somewhat more in line with that. And they, and they didn't do it. Haven't, haven't done it. And maybe they won't, but to me, it just signals that their biggest moves are going to be, um, aside from this tonsil extension, they're going to be ones that they make in the draft. Mm. Um, B Scott, last question before we get out of here. Uh, we are getting almost a month um out before the start of the um NFL draft. With that being said, when you take a look at what Nick Casario has done with the signing of Laramie Tunsil, the trade of Brandon Cooks, and I guess the average signing of a, you know, that's a good way to put it. That's right, right now, it. yep, yep, in, yep. In, in free agency, and I know it's still early, and I know the biggest 
thing of all is going to be what does Nick Casario and D'Amico Rines do come to draft. But as of right now, um, if you had to grade it or evaluate both Nick Casario, this pairing of Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans, uh, what are some of your thoughts? Because the second biggest move to me is not getting Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm so glad that they passed on that. Well, well, so let me say about that. What I liked about it, so obviously <laughs> you preach to the choir, brother. Neither one of us, <laughs> neither one of us was on the Jimmy G train or was yeah. advocating for them to bring in Jimmy G. Let's just say that off top. But I think I think it also just signaled, like specifically, I was also talking with Ron about this, the case Keenum signing. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of that was happening around the same time, you know, Jimmy mm-hmm. G going to to the Raiders and then the Texans uh, signing Case Keenum. And then all of that was kind of falling into place. You're seeing how the landscape is shaping up. And it's like, okay, this tells you a lot, you know, because Jimmy Garoppolo, signing Jimmy Garoppolo means that Jimmy Garoppolo might be your quarterback. Like that might be the plan, mm-hmm. you know, like they could very easily talk themselves into – Jimmy Garoppolo's the bridge quarterback, or wow, look at Jimmy G having a career resurrection, so, a lot like Ryan Tannehill I'm type so thing. Glad. Maybe he's the franchise quarterback, and mm. you know, like that 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 type of thing. Well, so you eliminate, and we don't want that. Okay, we never wanted that. You eliminate that scenario entirely when you're just like, hey, got Case Keenum on the roster, got Davis Mills on the roster. We know neither one of those guys is the quarterback, is the franchise quarterback. They're backups. We got nothing. We got nothing but clear backups on the roster. Even even if we agree that Jimmy G is probably a high-grade backup, low-grade, uh, average to low-grade starter, okay? And I, you know what? I'll call him an average. I'm not going to call him a low-grade Yeah, starter. i call him an average starter. He's, he's average. He's average. I shouldn't do that to him. But even if you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo as your starter, okay, he is a starting quarterback. On the roster now is nothing but backup quarterbacks, okay? What, you going to go into the draft and draft another backup quarterback? Not draft a quarterback at all? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you're clearly drafting what you believe, whoever you believe it to be, and the Texans' belief is the only one that's going to matter here, but whoever that is, and obviously the availability, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever the Panthers do at one is going to, highly dictate what the Texans are able to do it too. So that's how it's going to play out. And that is what that clearly signaled to me the, the way that day played out. And so, you know, if I had to, if I had to guess the way it's going to go is CJ Stroud is going to go to the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. and Bryce Young is going to be available to the Houston Texans. But the wild scenario that I'm waiting for, and I'm also waiting to see what they end up doing with picks 12 and 33, whether they actually make those picks, whether they trade up or trade back, all the what they, you know, how they use the extra pick in the third to sort of navigate, like all of that is going to be fascinating on the back end, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, but the thing that I'm looking out for, Cody, is what if the Panthers just go rogue and for some reason, use all that draft capital to trade up to the number one overall pick. And don't draft Bryce or CJ. Go with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Because <laughs> I, I, honestly, man, and I told you how I think it's going to play out. I think they're going to draft CJ Stroud and the Texans mm-hmm. to be able to get Bryce Young. But honestly, man, 
I am part of me is rooting for since I have no interest in what happens for the Panthers at all. I'm mm-hmm. I definitely don't. <laughs> so I so I have no interest in that. No investment. Part of me is rooting for the for 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 chaos. If they draft Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, and then the Texans are now on the clock of having to actually pick between. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. It won't be enough to say, well, they just took the one that was left there. They're in a perfect situation. They got the number two overall pick, you know, and they just they, and they're just going to get the second best quarterback or the second quarterback taken. And that's just how it's going to play out. I always thought that the math of it worked out in their favor in that way anyway. Mm-hmm. But what if the Panthers go rogue and the Texans actually have the first pick of the two quarterbacks that everybody actually believes to be the best ones? which is C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Which way do they go? And I don't have an answer. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And so I, wanna, I, I want to find out the I would love to know the answer and then see how it plays out from there, man. You know, obviously I'm about my Bryce Young guy, but I like C.J. Stroud, and I would love to see who they like. I would love to see them be forced to choose between the two guys, which they would have had to do if they had the number one pick. Mm-hmm. But – if the Panthers do some out of out of the box crazy nonsense and pick Will Levis or, or, or Anthony Richardson, leaving the Texans with that ultimatum, I don't think that is an an outlandish take. And I say that because Anthony Richardson's player built or however you want to put it i say player built like this 2k on madden <laughs> but no 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 he kind of looks like something that you would build on madden except you know you would make him perfect right mm-hmm. but like physically that's what you'd make the player look like probably but here's the thing his player comparison is cam newton <laughs> and where did cam newton play majority well his entire career mvp Super Bowl still love down there in that fan base, Carolina. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if it's realistic. Plus, I mean, you got to keep it real. Cam Newton was a hell of a lot more polished coming out of Arbin, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Arbin. Yeah, won a, yeah, won a national title and Heisman Trophy and all okay, that. Okay, now I get it. He was a hell of a lot more polished in terms of a quarterback. But all I'm saying is a lot of people – have been comparing Richardson to Newton until after the combine. So when Carolina made the move to go out there and get the number one overall pick, last time they had the number one overall pick was about 12 years ago, and they took Cam. I would love it as well because I think if the Texans are forced to choose between CJ or Bryce, I do believe the other is definitely going to Indianapolis. And just for a competitive standpoint, just for an entertaining standpoint, I would love to see a division where you have Trevor Lawrence, CJ, and Bryce. I would love that. And in the next, what, three to four years, the AFC South will probably be the best division in football. I'm, I'm just throwing out that if that happens. But, B. Scott, once again, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Um, can't wait to get you back on again. Um, you already know the deal. Where can our listeners follow you at? on all your social media platforms, tell them about your podcast, and when they can hear you on Sports Radio 610. Yeah, man. Like it says, at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, 
Uh, of course, the B Block Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, the H Town Hoops Podcast. I do that with Adam Spillane covering the Rockets, wherever you get your mm. podcast. And in the loop, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, man, every week. And sometimes filling in when one of the guys aren't there uh, or one of the guys isn't there. I do it uh, on really any of the shows. So be in tune with the social media to find out exactly when that is. But every week, Thursdays, at 11 on In The Loop, Sports Radio 610, Odyssey app, all of that. Hmm. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And be sure to check out my co-host, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman at John underscore Hickman 12. Be sure to subscribe on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And of course, on YouTube, please keep those YouTube numbers going up. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.